Hello and welcome to this new edition of the Marketing Pod podcast in which we'll be exploring how changing business attitudes are creating an increased need for influential board level marketing professionals, something that we want to see ourselves, and also how senior marketers can prepare to both step up and lead their organizations forward in this changed world. So I'm Jodie, co-founder and director of the Marketing Pod, and I'm here with my fellow founder and director, Jen. Hello. Um, Jen and I are also joined by Joel Harrison, editor-in-chief at B2B Marketing. Hi, Joel. Hello. We've recently enjoyed working with the B2B Marketing team on the Evolution to Revolution report, which examines the factors reshaping the role of the CMO in today's B2B businesses. The research behind that report provides the basis for a lot of our conversation today. So if you haven't downloaded it yet, don't worry, we'll let you know how you can get your hands on it later in this podcast. But the first thing that I really want to chip away at are some of the catalysts behind this change. So Joel, as we've already mentioned, the Evolution to Revolution report has provided with some really important insights into changing business attitudes. In particular, it revealed a significant shift towards B2B organizations becoming more marketing-led, which is great to see. But what, in your view, have been the primary catalysts for this change? Well, I think it's a mixture of push and pull factors, as these things often are. It's, you know, it's very rare that it's ever one specific thing. So it's a mixture of things. And I think you know, on the kind of push side, we're kind of seeing marketing responding to shifting agendas and shifting requirements. Uh, and those have been shifting for a while but they've obviously sped up more recently. Um, and then obviously in kind of pull things, you're seeing things like technology actually allowing markets to do new things and do things in different ways. There's a combination of those things. And my, my perspective is kind of driven by, we've been running B2B marketing for 16 years, terrifyingly long amount of time. I've got all the grey hair to prove it. Um, and um, the industry is completely unrecognisable for what it was back then. Um, you know, it's so much more sophisticated, a dynamic, but also, and, and that what that means is in the kind of confidence and the capability of it, uh, it come on in absolutely leaps and bounds. So, so it's it's kind of um, incredible how much things have changed and, and how and in what pace. And you know, I think um, in terms of obviously more recently in kind of COVID, the impact and the the wake of COVID or the continuing wake of COVID, unfortunately, you know, it's really kind of it's it's changed the accelerations. It's continuing to accelerate, um, and it's and it's meant that uh, we've gone from a situation where companies. Knew they needed to continue to transform, but probably in a kind of loose time frame to being it needs to happen yesterday, um, and that's really fascinating. But that it takes away that kind of doubt element, those naysayers, and means that marketing can, or well, those change agents in the organisation, which marketing is a primary one, can get on with doing that. And and also it meant that organisations in a really short period of time wanted to know what customers were thinking, what to do about that, and what, they looked around and thought, who can we ask? And they thought, well, marketing knows that. Funnily enough, so marketing's kind of traction and credibility and, and relevance in the organisation dramatically so whilst COVID's obviously been horrible for lots of people and pretty traumatic um and, and i'm not i'm downplaying that remotely but it, it has given market given those marketers b2b marketers who played it right the opportunity to kind of take a significant step forward and i think we're seeing the whole industry the whole profession um has um has benefited from this in a, in a strange kind of way if they've seized the opportunity the challenge is going to be assuming we do return to something resembling normality, how they kind of continue that trajectory forward. So do, that, do you think then in that kind of space and world that where organisations historically used to see sales as the champion of that customer insight and that's kind of changed now to be much more marketing led and, you know, it's marketing that holds that insight? 
Yeah, I think so. I think it was um, the sales ownership of that conversation was based around largely around their ability to drive revenue in the short term. Whereas I think people are understanding that there are bigger pictures and there's more data out there and people think need to think longer term. And it was as much a lack of credibility for marketing as it was a, um, a genuine credibility and a genuine reliance on sales. Um, and I think what's, you know, what's happening is that it's not that sales is necessarily going down in anyone's estimation but marketing's come up and come a long way and proven itself um and 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 the the, the pictures changed and the, what we need to see and what we need to understand is different now to what it was it's much richer and people are starting to understand that the level of vision and, and foresight and, and viewpoint we need to have is different to what it might have been some years ago we've actually seen that trend ourselves haven't we jen not only in the shift to especially recently the shift to marketing to kind of turn to marketing and say actually our segmentation model we need to quickly review it it's always been sales driven who they go after and actually the coat as you kind of said covid's accelerated that and kind of made sales shift to shift to the marketing function and say okay what is our segmentation approach now? who should we be targeting um, at the moment which is great because actually that is a core function of marketing not sales to be driving who we're going after so it's been quite a nice shift to witness absolutely and, and some, you know, we've had lots of roundtables. We have a really big leaders network, which is one of our kind of core aspects of our business. And seeing the kind of transformation being playing out in that group, some of them have gone to completely different customer bases and their existing customer bases are no longer viable anymore, at least not in a temporary. So they've had to shift really fast. And the other ones they've had to kind of reorientate around different products or things like that. So it's, it's required marketing to do a lot of work really hard. So it's really stretched marketers, but I think the ones that have ridden that out are, have done really well. And that's just, those are just the kind of responsive, reactive components. There's also the foresight and the planning and the understanding the future and the potential where I think that's where marketing can really allow the business to flex its muscles. Yeah, absolutely. There was a section in the report that summed this up beautifully i think and its relevance to the cmo's role which was that a simple way to separate the past and future cmo is that the first is an expert in marketing and developing the function but the second is an expert in the customer and growing the company and growth is growth is obviously massively important and so i guess the real question is how do cmos now move from one to the next to make sure they have the training the tools the tech and the gadgets that they need to now face this new future with all of its new responsibilities and martech is going to be a big part of that isn't it it seems inevitable that martech will have a crucial role to play in improving customer experience provided by tomorrow's marketing led businesses it has to but surprisingly 66% of respondents to the research said that they were experiencing a company-wide lack of understanding on the commercial potential of MarTech which I personally find bonkers but it's something that we have been told by our own clients something that they themselves do want to change so Joel how do you see B2B approaches to MarTech changing over the coming years? I mean, I'm not surprised that there's a kind of a, a lack of understanding, but it might be two way. It might be not understanding it enough or have expectations are too high. So that, 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 you know, that response kind of contains quite a lot of potential nuance and variation. Um, I found it fascinating watching the kind of attitudes to MarTech evolved and. We're going past this gold rush period where, you know, vendors walk along and dangle shiny objects in front of people and they go and spend money on things in an unsustainable fashion, you know, most mercifully. And what we're seeing increasingly, and I actually was on, I had a call with uh, three MOPS, marketing ops professionals uh, last week to start planning our Get Stacked event for next year. 
um, is this is becoming more and more an understanding as an actually critical role um, in B2B marketing. And some are even shortcutting direct revenue ops. You know, those are really kind of um, you know, four far-sighted ones, probably more in the heartland of the tech sector there. So overall, it's more mature, it's more measured, it's more considered, it's generally better. Um, it's driven by an embedded strategy rather than just being kind of distracted by the latest shiny thing although there's still a lot of that go that goes on because vendors are fantastic marketers they're the best marketers in b2b you know we all aspire to being as good as they are and i think um and that's so that's having an impact on how teams are structured how budgets are organized um the expertise and resources that b2b organizations need in their marketing function and beyond it to deliver that you know also seeing the agency community get involved you know people like yourselves to really understand the the opportunity and the necessity to be able to deliver and to talk authoritatively on this helping brands choose tech, helping them deploy it, and all all outsourcing the whole thing, you know, running campaigns and run programs for them so they don't have that hassle involved. And, you know, there are agencies that do all of those things um, to different degrees. And I think what we're seeing is the paper walls uh, generally between kind of clients and agencies have dissolved. And and I think that MarTech has been critical in that because of the need to share expertise and understanding. So it's, in summary, it's a really much more mature, more responsible environment to operate in than it was. It's a really positive thing to say that it's kind of those walls are coming down because, you know, our relationships with our clients, we I think we certainly have seen over the whole kind of COVID period, we have got closer to those clients, you know, we're speaking to them more and more and more, despite not being in the office, and they're obviously not in the office either. But our communication has become kind of so much broader and much more two way. And we're trying to talk to them about what technology they've got, like how their systems are working, how they can improve things. You know, our digital team, bless them, they're they're pretty stacked out at the moment trying to support clients with that. So in some ways, you know, talking about some of the positives of the situation, that is another one really because we've managed to become sort of much more of a positive support role for clients. Yeah, and and we you need we need that group of trusted people around us who we're going to get on well with and share experiences and share pain and share success with as well. And, um, you know, this isn't about... You know, humanizing B2B has been a, a theme that's been running in different guises over a long, long period of time. But I think it's really brought it home for me in the last six months around the role of empathy and people's expectations. You know, I think everyone's quite disappointed if you don't get a random pet intruding itself on your Zoom call every now and again. You know, we, we all like those moments, don't we? I had, um, I had my, my two year old, my two and a half year old, um, Zoom bomb me the other day, just walked into the, um, open the door and walked in and, and, um, yeah, that was in the middle of our, one of our, our best, our most important conferences of the year. We just expect that to happen these days, and we like it. We we know that we're all human, and and that, and that replies to our relationships across the board. Those kind of rigid, kind of client agency things, or, or, or however those kind of collaborative relationships work, are much more friendly than they were. And I hope that continues. Oh, definitely, me too. Um, absolutely, I think we were all initially so petrified of our children walking in when we were on calls. But now it just feels that that's pretty standard. And I think it's lovely to have that kind of additional dimension to our relationships. They're certainly less formal. We definitely know more about each other now than we did before. And it just shows that we all do have lives, you know, beyond work. And it's quite nice um, to see that side of everyone. Certainly at the pod, we have a daily team meeting. And on that meeting, you know, we have had pretty much everyone's children and babies at some point. And we've definitely had cats and dogs and rabbits and just about everything else you can think of but it's lovely and I think it has managed to keep a connection there between us which we might have lost when we're all out of the office and working from home and it has you know maintained that personal connection between us and it's kept us all jolly 
at the end of the day, which does lead us nicely onto our next question, Joel, because we wanted to just take a minute to consider the necessary skill set for the future. Kind of beyond having the right tech stack, um, the report did also identify a range of hard and soft skills that the marketing leaders of 2030 would need. And these range from kind of the obvious strong grasp of the financial side of things and digital knowledge through to a bit more of a growth mindset um, and compassion and empathy. So what do you think will be the most essential skills for tomorrow's CMO? I I blogged about this. Empathy is just absolutely fundamental right now. And I don't see that as going away. I think it's a shift in our kind of business values and how we engage with members of our own teams and um, our wider organization and our customer set as well. I think that the kind of rigidity and formality has gone and, um, there isn't any, you know, sadly, there's no COVID isn't going to go anytime soon. So that's definitely going to, de- going to define how we operate for, you know, at least into the middle of next year, if not, if not beyond. And I don't think that, I think that's a marks a, a, a shift, a seismic shift in actually how we behave rather than being a, a kind of, um, a, you know, a here today, gone tomorrow trend. So um, that's really, really important. Um, and and um, it will, it will continue in some kind of iteration and will be, it'll be more important than it was. I think that the kind of, it's marked by the, the generational shift. Um, and I think people will just expect of the people, you know, beyond my aged generation expect a, a, a kind of different style of interaction with your customers and your clients and things like that. But I think just back to what you said earlier on, the biggest shift that I've seen in the 16 years we've been doing B2B marketing is this emergence of commercial leaders. Um, who aren't um, who they just they aren't just marketers who've been promoted to their beyond their position of irresponsibility you know where they, they were they were great marketers so I know let's get them to manage the function and engage the board because that that sound that can work but you know it's a long way from guaranteed and I think what we're seeing is people the emergence now of people who increasingly who have the right who have a set of attributes and, and a pro and not and the right set of attributes are also kind of a profile and a robustness to um, and, and a kind of a stature, I suppose, what a better word, way of putting it, to, to really kind of look the, the CSO, the CFO, the CIO, all those people in the eye and and, um, um, and, and be a true peer to them. And they, they are true business leaders and they understand they understand marketing and they have those marketing conversations, but they also understand business and they have the business conversations as well. It's so nice to see that, though, after working in marketing for such a long time, to actually see it have the recognition and the kind of uh, level of role that it has all should always have had really yeah i think as you, as we kind of um as more and more of the segmentation kind of really comes back and is really kind of owned by marketing and the targeting is owned by marketing underpinned by value we're starting to see that credibility and that shift away from marketing being seen as that tactical comms function into something that actually drives value and it's, it's something that's so long overdue and so lovely to see isn't it absolutely absolutely yeah it's 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 um marketing being able to deliver on its potential is always a wonderful thing and it has so much potential um and, and i think we're really going to see so much more of that in the coming years so i think it's a i really think the industry has never been better placed to deliver real value and offer true potential to individuals within it as well yeah i i agree definitely I think it's actually a really great time to get into B2B marketing. It's a great time to be moving up in the profession. And some of the stats that came from our report are actually really relevant here. So 
if we just take a quick look at some of those. So 98% of our respondents believe CMOs will be important to or critical in the success of B2B organisations over the next 10 years. And 39% say the CMO role is evolving to include growth responsibilities, which is really interesting and really great news as it's obviously one of the most important factors. However, 34% said that as an emerging role, the CMO still has to prove themselves to the C-suite and only a quarter asserted that the CMO has equal influence as other C-suite members. So I guess the next question is, what will it take to overcome these obstacles? You know, how can CMOs prove their worth to the board? They're already facing quite high hurdles like trying to secure customer loyalty. You know, customers can easily self-educate, they can shop around, they can change suppliers. So how do they become more credible? You know, Joel, what do you think these senior marketing professionals should be doing right now to break down these barriers to success and really just build up their influence in their own organisations? I think they need to see themselves and position themselves in this leadership role you know, whether that's kind of overtly in a kind of a, I want to say macho, but it's not really the word, the word I mean, but, but, you know, and just but to kind of position themselves as a leader and, and all of those things that overtly as a leader, or it's more subtly through kind of political kind of operations. Um, they, they need to understand and paint a vision of what, you know, so operate in that kind of way as a genuine leader, see themselves, believe in themselves as a leader. So belief is part of it. Um, and understand and paint a vision of what marketing can truly do and how to do it and how to get there, kind of a roadmap, how to achieve that. And they need to show what, a customer-centric organization looks like and how it behaves and what trajectory they should go on to get there and also to keep that going because you're never ever really there by definition there always moves on over the you know the horizon always carries on you've got to keep uh, iterating yourself so and i do think interesting you know looking at the the figures from the report and um the, uh, about the people marketers not necessarily believing that believing in themselves and i, I was reading that and I, it made me think a bit, there's a bit of a kind of hair shirt wearing going on um, and i think that marketers we've got a, a little bit of an inferiority complex as a as a profession as individuals and i don't think it's necessarily validated or, or justified and, and i think if you you know so i don't think marketers should be down onto themselves and i think if you think of yourselves if you think of yourself as being a leader then you, that's the first step to being one you know if you, if you think of yourself as being ineffectual and not and not as good as the others then that's risks becoming a fate accompli. So it's definitely a part of the problem. I don't think it's as bad as the stats kind of suggest, perhaps in the report here. Um, but, um, you know, I think back to my point I made earlier on, if marketing can think and act like a commercial engine for the business, speak the language of the business at the right time and the language of marketing when it's appropriate, they will convince the doubters. And I, and I think the doubters are probably an endangered species anyway. I think that those those opinions are increasingly um, no longer valid or based on reality. Yeah, I totally agree. I think going back to the whole kind of South versus marketing argument that you used to see where sales were the, the kind of the, the powerful dominant party it's just not the case anymore and I, you know personally i think that's really lovely to see that change yeah i think it is it's a it's a real um it's so gratifying i know you guys have been in the industry a long time as well i do to, to see to see it kind of come to start to achieve this potential that it's had and and i, I think this you know the sky's the limit Super. do you think that uh, cmos need to or future CMOs need to market themselves better then? Yeah, I think they market is probably, in, in the broadest sense of the word, is, is the right word. But uh, it's, it's just about having having the vision and delivering on it and, and operating in the right way is as much, as much part of it. Um, and I think if you're, if you're a salesperson, this is one of the problems, if you're a salesperson, by definition, you're kind of hungrier 
Um, and they, they kind of, even if it's in quite a self-centered short-term kind of way, that, that's why they tend to get on really faster as marketing is a bit more reflective. Um, and I think that marketing probably needs to borrow a bit of that hunger from sales. Brilliant. Thanks, Joel. I have just one final question, if that's okay, which is of particular interest to us here at the pod, and it would be great to get your perspective on it. So 10 years from now, what do you think the role of marketing agencies will be? What will it have evolved into, do you think, by 2030? What marketing will always need ideas and inspiration, and I think that even though there's a push towards, in, there has been a push towards insourcing, which I think has probably slowed down quite a lot as a consequence of COVID, and these kind of the the model I won't mention any names, but agencies that run in-house teams, even though there's been a push towards that, I don't think you can, you can't replace the kind of powerhouse of ideas that a good agency is, or even, even a bad agency, even, even a moderate agency can do, can deliver things that you, that clients are not as good at, de- at doing. Um, and I think that there will always be a role um, for agencies in doing that and bringing that creativity, sh- providing a different perspective and, and critiquing on a strategic basis as well, you know, off, you know, because that, you, don't, you don't get that, you know, um, I was talking to somebody asking me about appointing an agency recently and I was so actually a, a company run by a friend of mine and I don't think they got the strategy worked out and I said you know this is why you should be employing an agency rather than a freelancer because an agency will critique you will, will you know will really push you hard on what you're trying to achieve so you know seeing things like AI come in but in some ways um what it's doing is it's you know that's that's not that's, I, don't, I don't see that as replacing agencies because human inspiration is a wonderful thing and and until we the machines actually take over the world. And I don't see that happening. Um, we will, um, there will be need for this powerhouse and it will shift and adapt into how it works and how it integrates and how it dovetails. But the fundamentals of it, I believe, will, will be as relevant as long as, as long as economies require us to sell things to other businesses. I couldn't agree more. And I think AI is fascinating, but it cannot work without human creativity behind it. And AI will ultimately free up humans to be more creative. It's, it's a great opportunity. So, yeah, it's good. It's, it's good. Exciting times. It is. It's an exciting time for B2B marketing. And, uh, you know, we feel so fortunate to be part of it. Well, on that note, uh, on that nice positive note, I think it's time to wrap up. So just to say thank you so much, Joel, for coming in and sharing your wisdom with us. We have really enjoyed talking to you. Well, thank you very much for giving us the project to work on. We're very grateful for that. And and thank you for off- inviting me the opportunity to come and talk about it and talk about and generally spout nonsense about it as well. So I'm very, very, very always happy to do that. Oh, well, we have really loved having you. And as Jodie mentioned at the beginning, there is a new report which our teams have worked on together, uh, which covers uh, in more depth some of the topics we've talked about today. It's called The Evolution to Revolution, How COVID-19 and Behavioural Trends Will Shape the Role of the CMO, Causing a Seismic Shift Towards Marketing-Led Organisations by 2030. It's a long title, I know, but there is a lot so <laughs> absolutely we found it fascinating to work on and hopefully everyone listening will give it a read and find it fascinating too you can download it by following the link in the bio for this podcast and you'll also find it in the resources section of our website which is themarketingpod.co.uk so it just really remains for us to say thank you so much to everyone listening and if you have any questions at all please do get in touch and we are always happy to hear from you thanks so much